Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Hugel. I'm so glad you're here today. We have a lot of things going on, and it's very exciting. We've got an interview with the publisher of the Earth911.com that's going to be coming up soon. Uh, You can go to www.earth911.com, and they talk about a lot of recycling and, of course, sustainability. And we're going to find out what the latest trends are, what he's seen, uh, what he maybe foresees coming. Uh, and uh, he does a lot of different news stories because I get the newsletter. Uh, you can sign up for that. It's free. Uh, you can hear the different um, podcasts that he's got. We are on it for this week. As a matter of fact, we're so excited and say thank you to him. Uh, we'll send it to all of our different uh, radio connections and also uh, news media. Uh, but anyway, uh, he would tell you the different trends that are out there about recycling. I was really uh, intrigued by the part. Uh, see, I grew up, and we did it for many years, where we go ahead and took our newspapers over to uh, one of the centers that raises money. Uh, it's a, a nature center, and they still do it. They even have a special building for it. Uh, so we brought our, our bottles there. We brought our um, uh, tin cans, you know, from colas. And we did that for many years, and they were uh, raising a lot of money that they were able to get a, another and bigger building. And uh, so we're going to find out that there's other ways of recycling. And uh, now I've not done too much on the computer part. Uh, I wish I probably did, but we just haven't. Uh, there, they've got other ideas about recycling that has just been wonderful, blow my mind sometimes. And uh, we, as uh, getting older, uh, we try to recycle a lot of different things. I've got old Subway uh, uh, sandwich bags, and also with the newspaper people when they deliver our Sunday newspaper, uh, they have sometimes um, uh, put our paper in bags so it doesn't rain on it or whatever. And we recycle those. Uh, we put them in another bag, uh, and uh, we've used them over the summertime. As a matter of fact, when our postman comes by, uh, we give them some bottled water if it's really stinking hot outside because they're sweating to death. And we also put an extra uh, bottle of water in there in case it gets really humid outside. So we've recycled them for that so far, and then also for little items that we give to somebody that we're not wanting, but they can use it, so we just put it in that and then give it to them that way. So uh, that's what I'm used to seeing on recycling. And, of course, food waste is very important. The USDA has decided that they want to tackle that uh, for the 40% of the food that's still left in the field after the farmers pick that up and take it to the grocery store or other distribution sites. So the USDA wants to help those folks because there's other companies, you know that, we've interviewed them over the years. Uh, there are uh, nonprofit groups that go in there and they uh, recycle that food and sell it off as a uh, um, imperfect food uh, or imperfect vegetables and fruit products. So uh, also the grocery stores, I was thought this was interesting. I read about a week or two ago. Uh, the uh, National Grocers Association, uh, they're going to see how they can implement more food waste programs or less food waste uh, because there's some larger chains that they sell off the uh, let's say the day-old uh, cabbage or the day-old potatoes or whatever, and they sell those off to like you know the hospitals, the colleges. Excuse me, I've eaten something before I got on air, and um, 
they sell it off to other places for less price than what you and I have to buy it there in the store, but they've not wasted the food. And uh, that's crucial because, bottom line, they can still make money on that, and they have the opportunity to still uh, do something that's for the environment and recycling that food back. So uh, it's very exciting what people can do with recycling and sustainability. So when we have the uh, the publisher up here for www.earth91.com, 911.com, I'm sorry. Uh, he, in fact, he's here on board. We're going to go ahead and uh, uh, greet Mitch Radcliffe, who's the publisher of the earth911.com. Mitch, how are you today? I'm doing great, Mary. How are you? Well, doing great. I was telling everybody earlier that uh, we're going to find out information from you as far as like recycling and sustainability because we've had on the program before uh, different folks uh, that are nonprofit groups across our nation uh, that try to work out contracts with farmers to go in and gather their food uh, and then uh, try to resell that because they leave about 40% of their food there on the field. And so the USDA, right. about a couple of months ago, they've decided they want to tackle that situation too and help the farmers. And then I read about a week or two ago the National Grocers Association, they are also tackling food waste also, uh, that they're encouraging uh, different chains or stores to sell off their one-day-old cabbage or one-day-old, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, uh, one-day-old vegetables uh, to hospitals hospitals, colleges, whatever, so it's not uh, as much of a write-off or food waste on their side of the business part. So welcome to the show, and um, um, what is it that, uh, you know, how is that you got started on recycling and sustainability, and then what are the trends? We always like to uh, talk about what the trends are. Well, you know, I got started, uh, and I have to say, I'm not the greatest recycler, and I think I have not been as sustainable as I needed to be, and uh, I've been learning as I get older, and and one of the things I was looking for uh, was an opportunity to get involved with a site like this. So in February, uh, my team uh, bought Earth 911 and uh, started to run the site. And I've uh, been learning a great deal. I'm taking this kind of beginner's mind approach where uh, I'm figuring out how to be more sustainable and helping people to do the same thing. And that's what Earth 911 has been doing for 27 years. Uh, it was actually founded in the uh, Environmental Protection Agency back in the 90s and has been a, uh, a hub for two things. Uh, first, uh, recycling programs across the United States. You can search on our site to find out what you can recycle in your local curbside and uh, uh, it also uh, provides return, uh, results like, uh, you know, where can you drop stuff off or who will come pick it up? And there's even mail-in programs. So there's more than 110,000 locations in the United States that we've gotten that database to help you get your materials recycled. Uh, I saw that you had something on there like about this. recycling in the mail. And is that something that uh, the U.S. Post Office, I guess they're uh, on board as far as, uh, you know, the more usage, of course, no, you know, actually, services? The, the, uh, yeah, the, the post office actually does not do recycling, uh, but what they do uh, facilitate or what you can do through the mail is there are programs like uh, there's a company called TerraCycle. TerraCycle creates, uh, they call them brigades, which are uh, consumers who want to get together and, and uh, recycle, say, batteries or pencils or other things, and they, they provide the mail-in boxes that you use to collect this stuff and then send it in, and TerraCycle responsibly recycles it. So there's a lot of different um, uh, programs like that emerging. And like you were saying about food waste, 
uh, Feeding America has been, uh, which is the largest uh, food charity in the United States, has been doing an amazing job on helping people, uh, especially business, capture their materials and at the end of the day and, and, and distribute them. There's also some private uh, uh, undertakings for local farmers. Uh, there's one called Ugly Produce. Uh, you know, so basically they send a box of it's great produce. It's just not the perfect looking produce that you would see in the store. Uh, and that is reducing the food waste in the United States. And what we're trying to do at Earth 911 is give you a hub where you can find all this out. And so in addition to the database, we've got uh, daily publishing of uh, articles about how to recycle, how to upcycle things, that is take something that you've worn out and turn it into something else. Uh, you can make arts and crafts. You can make practical things around the house. And we also have a lot of uh, just in informational articles about what's going on in recycling overall. And there is an awful lot going on in recycling right now. Yeah, and I've, I think it was either Hungry Harvest or those ugly fruit uh, people, because I've interviewed, I believe, both of them. Um, uh, mm-hmm. They were trying to, and I don't know whether they got that far or not. Uh, I think one was trying to talk to Walmart and see if they would go ahead and, and do a um, brand underneath, I guess, Walmart, the Great Value brand, and see if they would go ahead right. and uh, label uh, old fruit or imperfect fruit or whatever and vegetables, that kind of thing, or whatever, and sell it that way. I've not kept up to see if they actually got that accomplished or not. Uh, have you heard anything about that? or? No, I haven't. Uh, that's, uh, uh, I have talked with Walmart about things, and I've been tracking what they're doing, and I have not seen that one come out yet. That ought to be interesting because if it's 40% still in the ground, which to me uh, is a person that looks at numbers, that's scary uh, that we're still leaving 40% on the ground. Ah. (laughs) So so if they recapture that and make money on it, think how much the farmers would make off that, even if they got it at a reduced rate. That is astounding. It's stunning. And and in addition to the additional money they're going to make, we could literally feed everybody in the country. I believe so, too. I believe so, too. I don't buy it that we can't. I, I just don't. Uh, I, that's why I like to try to uh, help out with the community garden as much as I can or these other factions or where because I believe America grows enough food to be able to feed our own people. I really do. I, I don't buy the part that, uh, you know, that we're trying to always look for money for this. Yeah, look for money is different than actually growing the product. Mm-hmm. That's what I've told you before, uh, you know, in Detroit, Michigan, their perfect story on this. Uh, bottom line, they were able to turn around their economy because of an ag economy that they came up with. A gentleman up there, I've interviewed him. Uh, oh, I can't think of what his name is, Detroit something or other. And uh, they uh, started all these community gardens and uh, urban farms, and they were able to scrape an economy that people were making money instead of losing jobs right and left. So on recycling, what do you foresee? Uh, we're more of a food part, but what do you see uh, that's sure. the trend or happening or changing in America right now? Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, first off, we you know we have a 1950s infrastructure for recycling, essentially organized around a garbage truck. It's called a single stream recycling. Uh, uh, infrastructure. In other words, everything goes through one interface into the recycling and waste system. And, and essentially, it's it's a waste management system, not a recycling system. And I think that's breaking now. You can see it in terms of, of uh, a lot of material that is ostensibly going to be recycled turns out not to be. But that's all been compounded and really brought to a head by the fact that China has decided to stop importing recyclable goods. So, 
And last year they said they were going to cut their imports of U.S. recycling um, by 31 percent. It's just the first half of the year this year. They've already done it by more than 46 percent. So this is forcing a lot of American uh, waste people who had been used to just bailing this stuff up and sending it off to uh, China to actually just put it in landfills for the most part. Or they're putting it in storage, hoping they can sell it in the future. And the reason this is happening, uh, according to China, and I think that they're, they're right about this, is our waste is contaminated. Uh, that means that it's dirty. It's not well sorted. And if you think about what we do as recyclers, we break it down at the curb and we put it into different bins, but then it gets all put in one bin. And then it gets sent off to a place where, amazingly, they sort it all over again. And the, what comes out of that is about 20 to 25 percent contaminated, so essentially hmm. worthless. And China said they just don't want to take that anymore. And the reason is they can't make money on it. So they said if you can get it down to 0.3%, which is orders of magnitude less, um, they'll take it again. And that really is what we're seeing is kind of a negotiation. You clean up your recycling and we'll start processing it again. Is that why we see in, uh, uh, I can't remember if it was three to five years contract here in our town, uh, they have um, mm-hmm. people that are downtown that will go through the trash. I mean, before it's sent to a landfill or what you're saying, you know, export out. Uh, they uh, actually mm-hmm. go through everyone's trash with gloves and uh, try to get break it down into piles, I guess, or whatever. Is that what they're actually doing then? Well, so uh, uh, that may be a, a curbside program that's helping do it locally. Uh, what happens in the in the in the waste stream that we have today is it all gets sent to what's called a materials recovery facility or a MRF, MRF. And uh, they have giant shakers and sorters, and they use magnets to try to separate the different kinds of materials. And at the end of that, there's some there's a work team that is picking through stuff. But a lot of this stuff has already been sorted accurately at the curb, and and doesn't need to be recombined and then resorted. And so that part of the industry is growing at 38% of the year a year while the waste business is growing at only about 8.5%. So that means they're spending lots more just to resort what had already been sorted and mixed back up. So I think that's the great inefficiency in our in our infrastructure right now. Wow, that's horrible. When you're talking about business, that's horrible. Wow. Yeah. So the, the, the difference in people's thinking uh, about recycling, uh, I agree. I just had stated that earlier in the program. Uh, that as I'm getting older, we're looking at different ways to recycle because we've done for years uh, where you get the yep. newspapers, you get the glass jars, you get the tin, uh, you know, soft drink cans. And one of our recycling places I went, went to is a nature center, and they were able to uh, use that money to do a bigger recycling program. But you can recycle at home, too. I mean, we recycle things and reuse them and and come up with different uses. Uh, Do you see uh, how the uh, next level of recycling is going to be even more important? Or is it just something how um, we're more frugal about reusing things and finding different ways? Or is it something that we're going to have to really start getting more programs uh, about recycling? What, What do you see as a trend coming up? Well, it's a little all of that. First off, people are doing a good job. The recyclers who who take the time to do this, and that's probably about 30% of the people who who recycle actively, 
really do take the time to separate stuff, and they know what they're doing, and 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 they have resources like Earth 911 and other places to find out how to you know make sure that things are in the right uh, place, that they're clean enough, and all of that. Uh, but there's a need too for consumer education about what to recycle, and ultimately there's a need for the companies who make stuff that gets thrown away to figure out a way to cure for the next product too. And one of the things people forget is when we throw it all in a landfill, it ends up not being used for another product. And you go mine some uh, raw material, which takes three or four times as much energy to turn into whatever you're making as the, the stuff that's lying in the ground unused. So, you know, we need to think about our, our, our the whole economy in terms of, you know, it, it, it's like when you go camping, you pack everything out. Uh, we don't pack everything out of our lives. We throw it away. The other thing yeah. that I think can change really uh, a lot is if people start to compost at home. So about 37% of the stuff we throw away is wet, gooey stuff. And a lot of that can be compo- composted in, in a backyard. And if you do it right, it doesn't smell bad, and it turns out a you know a wonderful product for using in your garden. So uh, I think you know there's... There's a lot of different ways we can improve. It starts with people making the decision that they want their recycling done uh, and telling uh, the, the garbage company or the city that, you know, don't throw this in a landfill after I took the time to sort it. Uh, then there's companies starting to work with their consumers, their customers, to, to get stuff back when they're done with it. And you see that in this sharing economy that's emerging. You know, People are now not selling you a product, they're renting it to you, which means they can take it hmm. back at the end of its life and use the material again. And then um, it's a lot of just you know human changes that we can make that are actually going to be better for ourselves and the earth. We have a guy in town, and I don't know where he gets the plastics. I really don't know. And he does recycled uh, plastics, and they're able to make benches mm-hmm. out of. And I don't know if they call it a resin or something that they make. And they're able to sell uh, benches out of all recycled rubber uh, no, rubber plastic, plastic jars, or milk plastic. jugs and that kind of stuff and whatever. Uh, so what you think uh, is happening now is more companies are you seeing more companies uh, be able to uh, recapture those uh, particular other product lines or where they use that, uh, you know, to package things and then get them back and then recycle that. Is that what you're seeing then for sure? Yeah. And, and, and so we've talked about local food security, right? Uh, where if right. you built up a good local economy, uh, it, it feeds itself. And what we're talking about with this take back the material at the end of the life is just is materials security. That is, all the stuff you need to make the next product is available. So we need to think about it the same way. And then there's another dimension to this, and it's one people often forget, and that is how far do you send it to be recycled? Because you can actually turn something that you're recycling, which would be if you did it locally, into an inefficient recycling uh, project by shipping it halfway across the country or halfway around the world to be processed. It's because there's all the carbon involved in moving it too. So the more that we can do this local, so that our economy is, is providing local resources and local jobs, uh, I think the better off we're going to be. Yeah, one guy, uh, he was in Georgia now. They don't have the company anymore, but uh, they used uh, old tires 
and they were able to mm-hmm. chop those up somehow. I don't know how you do that with rubber tires, but <laughs> they were able to chop that up, and then they put color to it, and then they uh, started mm-hmm. selling it to uh, different schools for their playgrounds and then put it around yep. the equipment. So it would be something that the children, when they played on certain whatever, if they fell down, they fell down that and uh, helped uh, keep the uh, the fall from being so hard. Well, and, and so he was finding something that was uh, applicable to what he could do with the materials that he had in excess of. So I'm not sure, sure right. if I can and remember if he had a bunch of cars or if he was a tire business. But somehow he had access to all these different tires. But he's not in business. It's been a while back. Uh, so, but um, okay, now sustainability. Well, so I know that's really big. Into, Go ahead. Yeah, tires can be turned into all sorts of things, including roads. And uh, we, we produce right. more than 200 million, 200 million used tires a year. Uh, and, you know, if you remember back 20 or 30 years ago, we used to have these massive uh, tire pile fires. They would just burn forever. Yes, and they burn forever. Because those things, are now, those things are now being recycled much more efficiently. And, and we can use, and not just tires, but all sorts of stuff that we have just traditionally thought of as throwaway can be reused for uh, not to bake exactly the same thing, but to make something. And uh, uh, used tires are an ex- excellent example of how people are already starting to innovate around uh, a material that, uh, you know, we have plenty of and could profit from. Hmm. Now, sustainability, I know this is big on your mind, <laughs> even though you're recycling uh, uh, site. Uh, sustainability. Um, on recycling, if we don't recycle, you were refer- referencing back to China because China, uh, the reason why they're running out of food is because uh, they had too much hazardous waste materials from all the manufacturing plants. And this is about three years ago. Uh, and uh, so they were running out of food. And they had to start doing hydroponics, aquaponics in the last year and a half, two years, because uh, their grounds were being, uh, with all the chemicals from all these runoffs from the, you know, whatever. Uh, do you see that um, the sustainability is really the sites that people are going to have to do more or see more, or is it that you're seeing that they're thinking more of sustainability uh, in what we do as, uh, you know, Americans uh, for our products, for our lives, for our food? You know, do you see more of that happening well, you know where I see it happening is first and foremost in business. There's a massive sustainability uh, discussion going on in business, and there's a lot of information uh, being shared by businesses about how to build things or make things in a sustainable way. I think the word sustainability has been you know, kind of hijacked as a, as a bludgeon, and, and by both sides, uh, in terms of whether we should do it or not do it. But what we're really talking about is being efficient about using the materials in and around us to, you know, feed, clothe, and care for one another without creating a terrible mess. And we're certainly waking up to the fact that you know, there, are, there are clear weather changes going on in the United States and all over the world this year. There were places on Earth that got to 128 degrees just in the last few days, and those are yeah. all-time highs. So we Very have to, scary. You know, we have to think about. I think we have to think about, and we're waking up to the opportunity to start to build industries around the uh, that can, the sustainable use of materials forever. Just treating it as as uh, William McDonough, who's a, a very uh, influential sustainability architect, says, as nutrients for the economy. And so we're simply, you know, 
moving the nutrients through different cycles, just as we move nutrients through cattle and then cattle become nutrients for people and so forth. We have to think that way about every raw material we use. And we're waking up to that. We're also, I think, creating a setting right now where we can have those discussions because everything's blowing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's concerning. The, the and what's Chinese concerning is when they're doing is, yeah. Go ahead. The, I think the Chinese recycling uh, ban is going to be looked back on as a real catalyst for American innovation. I hope so. I, we're now all in the play with each other because things are happening. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember Death Valley had yeah. gotten up to 123 uh, over there out west. Uh, 128, my gosh, that's hard to fathom. I mean, 123 is hard to fathom. <laughs> and I can, I'm concerned about all the – 137 degrees. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. My goodness, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> Golly, yeah, 165 is what I can have for my turkey to be done. <laughs> oh, you, know, geez. Uh, so you were mentioning hydroponics in China, and one of the things that's interesting about China's um, farm belt, and this is something I just recently learned, you know, we have an aquifer in the United States, the Olala Aquifer, and it's our primary source of water for most of our, our uh, crops. Two million people live on that space. They have a similar-sized aquifer, and 214 million people live in that area. Oh, wow. So the competition for water between human use and farms and all of that is forcing them to go to these highly efficient indoor vertical uh, farming approaches where the mm-hmm. water is constantly reused. Yes, we, we've seen that in the last couple of years uh, because I brought that up. Uh, on my program, and we've seen different uh, information things coming from uh, different sites. And um, I thought it was very interesting when they went through this tariff war. So I said, I already knew they needed food uh, because uh, different nations were asked to be able to sell to them uh, because they had no food. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in, what, 50 years we were able to sell rice to them is because all their field patties, uh, or whatever you call for the rice, uh, rice, um, rice patties, yeah. Those are, yeah, rice patties. Thank you, sir. Uh, they were uh, de- uh, mostly destroyed because of all the chemicals coming from the overflow mm-hmm. of these manufacturing plants. They didn't have a plan uh, for the overflow, which I thought was kind of interesting because they're the ones that were manufacturing so much. So, uh, yeah, they were in a crisis about two years ago. No food. They couldn't feed their own people. So uh, it's been very interesting to see what the world is doing about food, not only what we're going through, you know, with the weather changes, pricing, and pesticides, herbicides, and that issue, too, and Mm -hmm. whatever. But uh, it's been very interesting to see what's going on in the world. So, well, I appreciate this has been Mitch Ratcliffe. He is the publisher and uh, evidently the owner of the www.earth911.com site. You can go on his site, as I told you all before, and you can get his free newsletter uh, that comes to you by email, and it is just fascinating. You've got to see what the trends are, what's happening, uh, what people are doing to make changes, what you can make changes in your town, city, or for your own life. I was just very impressed. It's one of my favorite ones to look at. And I do appreciate uh, you being on the show, Mitch. I had the great opportunity being on your show, and he's got it up on the website. Uh, I just happened to see it before the show today. So uh, check it out, and we'll, of course, send it to all of our different media sources and all of our different platforms. And it's just our honor to have you here today. And uh, Mitch uh, Ratcliffe, who is the publisher of Earth 911, you keep doing what you're doing because it's so needed in America. It's so needed. So thank you so very much, sir, and thank you for being on Community Garden Revolution. It's been my honor and pleasure, sir. 
Well, thank you, Mary, and you keep up the, the good work, too. I want to see more community gardens, and I know you're going to lead the way. That's right. <laughs> that go. is right. <laughs> All righty, guy. Well, thank you so very much, my honor, and we'll uh, talk to each other again in life. I know we will, so I appreciate it, and I've got you on my list. <laughs> Take care, Mary. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. And you Thank you, sir. And you all have a great day. We appreciate that you've been here. Have a great Community Garden Day. You've been listening to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and thanks for coming aboard. We appreciate Earth 911. Have a great Community Garden Day.